1: Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today.
3: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio. Here on DC Sports Radio 106, having the fans simulcast on the Team 980 and always available on the Odyssey app. I've made my prediction. The Bucks upset the Lions and Ben Johnson gets hired to become the next head coach of your Washington Commanders. If you want to chime in, phone lines are open throughout the show, 1-800-636-1067, your opinion matters, on AWOD Radio. Who do you want to take over for Ron Rivera as the next head coach here in Washington? You can always tweet us at 1067, the fan, or at uh, AWOD Radio. And Taj, always appreciate him listening to the show. Taj tweets us, the reason Vrabel doesn't get an interview is that rumors has it, He wanted player personnel input with the Titans and any new team he interviews with. So that makes sense right there because I was wondering uh, why Vrabel's name hasn't been thrown out there uh, more often. I I really thought he was successful there in Tennessee. I mean, that guy screams uh, leader of men. Any interview I've ever seen, I just would, you know, I kind of want to run through a brick wall for him. So phone lines are open 1 800 636 1067. But I always say a radio show is only as good as. It's producer. Let's go to Max behind the glass. Uh Max, who do you want to be the head coach for the Washington Commanders? All right. So, Toby and I were talking
4: about this last week. We kind of gave our top three. My top three were, um, who was it? It was Dan Quinn, number one. Number two was Mike Vrabel. But now I'm hearing he wants personnel decisions, which, no, not going to fly on my team. Mm -hmm. And then number three was um, Brian Flores of the Minnesota Vikings. He changed that defense. He looked incredible. But the more... I've listened, the more I've put my ear to the ground, the more and more I'm falling in love with Ben Johnson. Because (laughs) he, turns out, my big question was, is he a leader of men? And there was some audio that uh, we had on uh, Doc Walker's show this weekend, or last weekend, that really kind of changed my mind. Do you want me to play it?
3: Absolutely, man. All
4: right, here we go.
5: Well, a young guy, great presence. Uh, You know, I think he's going to walk into a room with owners and general managers and People in administration and impress them right away. He's just got a great presence about him, which is you know Coach Gibbs had as well, and he's just got that ability. And I'm not comparing him obviously with Coach Gibbs' track record, but there's something about a coach, Doc. You know, you played for enough of them. I've been around enough of them that they have mm-hmm. to have that it factor. They have to have that presence to resonate, yeah. to stand in front of a room of men and to motivate them and to keep them going in tough times and, and to keep them, you know, on an even keel when times are good. And he's got that. I mean, it's just you can see he's just bred for this. Uh, even when he was here just working with the tight ends and being at a you know a passing game assistant, you just right. sense there was something special about him. And I think whoever gets him is going to get a heck of a head coach. They're going to get a heck of an offensive mind. And they're going to get somebody that can relate to players and I'll, I'll be honest with you. I think the three years that they've both spent with Dan Campbell, and actually they've been with him longer than that because Ben was with him in Miami, and Aaron Glenn was with him in New Orleans. Just watching the way Dan Campbell conducts himself and the way that he runs this organization will be beneficial to them because he's done such a good job. So they've they've had good mentors. They have had people that have that have helped them understand what it is to lead a team. And I think they're both of the mind to be able to do that. But Ben is a guy that. There's there's I'd be shocked if Ben Johnson does not end up with a job somewhere after this season. I just don't see any way we get through this cycle and he's still our offensive coordinator. And I think the team knows that as well. And and look, A.G. is the same thing. He's, he's just got a presence about him. He's a very commanding man when he stands in front of a room and addresses people. And uh, they just had a poll recently uh, about the most popular coordinator in the league and yeah. he won it. I mean guys yeah. want to be around him and they want to play with him. He hasn't had tremendous success in terms of his defense here, but in fairness to yeah. him, he also hadn't had a tremendous amount of talent. He's had to make do with uh some deficiencies back there. But yeah uh, again he me sits down he's gonna help people.
4: Well so that's really the long and short of it. My big thing was I need a leader of men. It sounds like more and more like we're gonna get a leader of men in Ben Johnson.
3: I agree with everything that guy said, and I've also heard the same thing about how players really look up to him, and they, you know, they look at him as a guy that is a good leader. And uh, the other thing about Ben Johnson we haven't talked about is, you know, he was going to get opportunities. that looked like last season, and he turned them down. And now he had a whole year to kind of prep for this future position, to kind of focus and say hey, what's Dan Campbell doing right here? How could I use some of that stuff when I get my own opportunity? I think Dan Campbell helped him understand that. And energy, I mean, that's all Dan Campbell brings. The energy uh, helps you be a good leader. Now, Max, I do want to go back to what you originally said because seems like you were on the same page with me that when we fire Ron Rivera, most people think, oh, we're going to offense, but you kind of wanted another defensive-minded guy too right away. Oh, yeah. My my big thing was like get a guy because
4: Ron Rivera, I've watched his postgame pressers. I've watched his pregame speeches. He's not a guy you really want to run through a brick wall for. And that's really what I my That's kind of my top priority when looking for a head coach.
3: Yeah, I'm with you. And and I just, you know, I look at the talent on this team and I kind of feel like, hey, we can build on the defensive side of the ball if we have a, a good defensive minded coach. Now, maybe it's just Ben Johnson, then Ben Johnson is going to have to hire a good DC. You know, it's, it's so frustrating because so many things have to go right for you to have success. Uh, I mean, Jay Gruden's uh, in the news right now. <laughs> I've always said Jay Gruden was a great offensive minded coach. I don't, I, I always say when Jay was here, people were getting wide open every time we went play action. The Problem is the defense gave up like 30 points a game and he went through a bunch of defense coordinators, never found the guy, right? That's the other part of this is You know, we got the right general manager, it looks like. We got the right owner. We got the right general manager. Hopefully get the right head coach. Then we got to make sure we get the right D.C. and O.C. And then if those guys have success, they're going to leave, and we're going to have to hire a new D.C. and O.C. It's just it's tough to win this league, and that's why it's so difficult. That's why it's also the most fun sport to watch. Let's go back to the phone line. 1-800-636-1067. Who do you want to be the next head coach? For the Washington Commanders. Let's go to line six, Andre in Manassas. What's going on, Andre?
6: What's going on, man? I'm actually out in Chicago, so apologies to you, man. I didn't tune into your show at 9 o'clock. I forgot about the time difference, so I really apologize.
3: (laughs) Oh, that's awesome, though. You're listening on the Odyssey app. What are you doing in Chicago?
6: Father in law's um, birthday party. Oh, cool. Anyhow, I don't want Ben Johnson. Listen, um, a couple of segments (laughs) ago, you listed a, a. all these young successful head coaches I have no problem with that I just want you to do me one favor whenever you list those coaches they, they were all successful because they worked under the Shanahan tree all the other head coaches who were young who didn't work under the Shanahan tree were, were not successful so I'm not going to sit down here and say I want uh, the Houston offensive coordinator but I would say this if I was going to bet on one I would bet on one who came under the Shanahan tree Shanahan yeah. lag and I for some reason I, I don't think we can discount that I know everybody wants a young, sexy, good-looking head coach. I I get it. I understand. But I I don't think we could just discount the fact that the ones who have been successful all were under the Shannon entry. Why? I don't know. That's why I don't want Ben Johnson. And I would argue this. Um, You know, Adam Peters, he comes from San Francisco. Where did the offensive coordinator from Houston come from? San Francisco. This whole league is built about trust, built around people you know. And a dark horse race is that... I don't know if I want him. I mean, my only time name is Fisher. He's extremely young. He's very, very green behind the ears. But, you know, Adam Adam Peters was in the room with this guy. So Adam Peters knows this guy. And if he's going to build a team from scratch, his first opportunity, he's probably going to build, uh, on a winning record, a proven track record of coaches under Shanahan. They probably have the same philosophy, same mindset, same everything. So, Ben Johnson, you know, he's... Coach Campbell coaching tree? Come on, man. Really?
0: <laughs> no,
6: <laughs> I don't see you're it absolutely right up.
3: about the Shanahan coaching tree. Good call, man. I appreciate you chiming in.
0: Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
1: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game.
7: Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
3: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. Sorry about that technical difficulty. Looks like my mic dropped off. but but, but, We're back here on a Saturday morning in the nation's capital. This is AWOD on DC Sports Radio 106.7, the fan and simulcast on the Team 980. You can always tweet us at nine, at 106.7 The Fan or at AWOD Radio. Angry Rob says, my vote is for Slowick. And I don't think a loss against Tampa Bay reflects well on Ben Johnson. He says, Slowick has built rookie quarterbacks. And uh, before I was cut off there last segment, I was saying last last year I did a bit on my show where I went through the entire 2012-2013 coaching staff here in Washington, and we talked about the success of McDaniel and McVay and Shanahan, and I know people are sick of it, but I pointed to Bobby Slowick as a guy that I would take an opportunity on because he's from that tree, because he was in the building with all those successful guys. And I also heard a story about how when Slowick got into the league, the only position he was given was defensive coordinator defensive assistant, Right, and he wanted to be an offensive guy, and Shanahan told him, Hey, if you want to be successful in this league as an offense coordinator, you gotta understand defense first. And then when he went to San Francisco, Kyle gave him a chance to learn the offense and run the offensive side of the ball. now we're seeing what he's done in Houston with less. Right. I, I've talked about my pick's Ben Johnson and I'm predicting Bucks to win and then Ben Johnson will be hired by next Saturday. But Ben Johnson's got a quarterback that's already been to the Super Bowl. He's got a tight end that was drafted early in the NFL draft. He's got uh, a wide receiver in Amon Ross St. Brown that has all the tools. I think just needed a quarterback to get him the ball consistently. I mean, Amon Ross St. Brown is in like unbelievable shape. He can run people over. He can run through a wall. He can jump. I mean, the dude's an incredible athlete. And he's got two good running backs. So I think he's done more, uh, or he's done less with more than what Bobby Sloak has done with a rookie quarterback and a bunch of no-names there in Houston. So if you're voting for Sloak, I I understand that vote completely. Uh, Mr. Reynolds, 202, tweets me. Number one, Mike McDonald, wants a defensive guy looking in Baltimore. Number two, Ben Johnson. If you want to chime in, 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. Max, let's go back to the listeners' lines. Let's go to line five. We got Mike in Mount Rainier. What's going on, Mike?
8: I'm doing good.
3: Who do you want to be the next head coach in Washington?
8: Uh, I'm fine with Ben Johnson. I like Ben Johnson. But for alternative route for where we can go in the direction that we can go, I like I like Cliff because I feel like he could probably work with a lot of the other young quarterbacks and get that get that kind of going with that spread going and have that offense explosive. I like um, – I know this is probably, you know – problematic but i also like brian flores i think brian flores is a leader of men yeah. if you do sit back and you look at uh what Tua Tonga of our lord has done and how they were able to turn around the dolphins out coming off of brian Tannehill, they were winning you know they were going above 500 every year so you know i feel like with cliff and brian flores and um even slower with what he's doing with the texans i feel like that's the direction in which
3: yeah i mean those are certainly does. some some out of the box names but why are you not all in on Ben Johnson? Why is it kind of just yeah? I mean, I'm cool with him. What are you know holding you back there?
8: Um, personally, for me, it's um, I'm I feel like I'm kind of negligent to what he's actually capable of. I mean, he's got the offense going in Detroit, but how much of that is their head coach? You know, mm-hmm. how much is it of his doing? So it's kind of hard to kind of pinpoint. But that, like I said, I'm all for it. I think the, what he's able to do with the Detroit Lions is kind of very impressive. And if he's able to do that with them, I know for a fact he can do it with us. It's just that I don't know enough for me to put my full stamp on it.
3: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Good call, Mike. I appreciate it. I I'd certainly look at this as, man, the, the schemes that he's – running in Detroit. They've just got guys open, they can run the ball, they can throw the ball, they can do play-action pass, they've got trick plays, they've they've got it all. They've got a really good third down conversion rate. I mean, uh, the offense in Detroit has been really impressive and um, Ben Johnson has to be the brains behind it. Let's go to line two. We've got Ba in Greenbelt. What's going on, Ba? What's
7: going
9: on, Adam? Good to hear you, bro. Yeah. My brother. Adam, Adam, let me get to this thing. Adam, honestly, listening to your breakdown just a minute ago about Bobby and uh, Ben Johnson, I'm on the Bobby side because, you know, you break it down. Because you're talking about Strauss, young kids, don't have nobody. And he's walking with it. Goff is in a situation. He has to prove himself. So, if I'm picking up, I'm taking, you know, Bobby's flow but the yeah. bottom line... Is, I'm with you. I'm, hold just, on, I'm with yeah. you
3: on Bobby Sloak, but man, don't you give D'Amico Ryan so much credit. I, I mean, uh, he's the face of that franchise.
9: Yeah, but, but how about uh, if you go back to Detroit? The head coach is the one eating all everybody. So yeah. I need somebody like the head coach. He's working under a guy who basically built the program. So let me get back to the most important. Because to me, I give it to Raheem Morris. But this job here is about Peter. I want to know if Peter, what he call himself, that's what it is. Peter got seventy million, a number two pick, and it's about to him. This head coaching job belongs to Peter to show me who's he about. Good to hear you, and God bless you.
3: Good call, man. I appreciate you chiming in. Always fun to hear from Bob. Let's go to line three. We got the junkyard dog. What's going on, buddy? How you doing, my man? I'm good, man. Well, Happy Saturday.
8: Same to you.
9: Same to you. This is who I need. I need the reincarnation of Vince Lombardi.
8: <laughs> and
9: the okay. only person that and the only person that can do it, it can be that is Jim Harbaugh. Put him in a long overcoat and a hat and, and little and along with his glasses. And we need somebody going up and down the sidelines with these guys that we got out there playing today is saying to them, what the hell's going on out there?
3: I, I love Harbaugh. I don't think he's leaving Michigan. I think he's going to get a clause in his contract that says they can't fire him based on uh, any findings from an NCAA investigation. Uh, if he leaves Michigan, he would absolutely shoot up the charts for me. I just don't see that happening.
2: Well, he's out there interviewing.
3: I don't, I don't see it happening. We'll see. We'll see. I don't see it happening. Uh, I appreciate you chiming in, man. Let's go to Don in Fairfax. Don, you're on the fan.
10: Hey, no buddy. Hey, I, I, uh, I would like uh, Bobby Slowick. I don't know if we've interviewed him or not or if we're going to, but I yeah. would like him because uh, he's worked with Peters. And I've read some stuff where he's also – Peters would like to bring Gre- Greasy over um, from the 49ers as well. Uh, as maybe as an offensive coordinator type of uh, position because he did so well with the quarterback and coach. So I'd love to see Peters and Slowick and Greasy, all familiar, all on the same page, all of them that come over here. Um, as And I love Ben Johnson, but that that would be my first pick because yeah. it would, I think it might mesh better with
3: Peters. Don, let me ask you a question, all right? How yeah. long have you been a Commanders fan for, Redskins fan?
10: Probably like 60 years.
3: Yeah. Yeah, and, and you're a diehard fan like I am. And, and you know, we're all yeah, going to sure. talk about who we want to be the head coach. But as we're talking about this, I'm thinking, you know, the last guy said, Adam Peters, we, we got the top choice at GM. I believe in whoever he picks, right? I can have my opinion. You can have your opinion. We can have our guy. But I'm going to ride with whoever we hire because I really believe that it, whoever Adam Peters believes is the right hire, that is the right hire. You know what I mean?
10: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you on that. It's just yeah. my personal preference, but I trust him enough to yeah. go with whoever he picks. Yeah, absolutely.
3: Yeah. yeah, because we haven't had a GM in place that we can trust for thirty years. And uh, so since... we finally got the guy. So yeah, hopefully Bethred or Castle. Yep. Correct. Yeah, absolutely. Don, thanks for chiming in, man. I appreciate it. All right, buddy. See yep. you. Take care. Let's go to uh Albert in Fairfax, line three. What's up, Albert? Adam. What's up, man?
9: Um first time calling into the radio show and commanders, Redskins fan and football team fan, so I've been a fan for a long time.
3: Well, I appreciate you calling in. What did you want to say?
9: Uh, uh the players, it's about the players who the Commanders get um, the best players in the offseason.
3: Yeah. Well, hopefully, this can be an offseason where the Commanders so will not just get a GM, they'll get a I head coach, and they'll get, get, get a bunch of players. Albert, we got to. Yeah, yeah, I'm having trouble hearing you. We got a run, man. Thanks for chiming in. We'll get you back on the radio once in the future, man. I appreciate it. Always fun to have a first-time caller on the show. Uh, got to get a better connection. That might be on, on our end, but we appreciate you chiming in. Phone lines are open, 1-800-636-1067. 1-800-636-1067. We'll take more of your phone calls throughout the rest of the show. We're live and local till 1130. I did mention I do want to talk Wizards, go around the NBA at one point, and I've got to pick my winners for this weekend's games. Like I mentioned, I'm already in on two upsets. i give you a hint on one of them. When I said Ben Johnson will be hired by next Saturday, I'm rocking with Baker and the Bucks. We'll break down the rest of the playoff games coming up in a few, but it's Grant and Danny Monday through Friday on the fan, and we've got a special guest, Danny Ruye, funny Danny, will join me next. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back.
11: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what?
12: you put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter, and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly, beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
3: Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio, live and local, here in the nation's capital. It's 1067 The Fans, simulcast on the Team 980, and always available. On, around the country, on the go, with the free Odyssey app. We have been take your phone calls throughout the show, 1-800-636-1067. Uh, we'll get back to your phone calls next segment, but joining us right now, very happy to welcome in a special guest on the BetQL Guest Hotline. Sports betting has come to Maryland. Don't place that first bet without checking with BetQL. BetQL analyzes every game to find you the most profitable betting opportunities. You can get three free days of BetQL access by downloading the BetQL app or visiting betql.com on the BetQL guest hotline, from Grant and Danny, it's Danny Ruye. What's going on, buddy? What do you say, Adam? How you doing, my friend? I'm good, man. Hey, I know we got to talk football here, but have you seen Loki season two? I'm loving it, man. <laughs> of
12: course I have. First of all, you're talking to the resident dorks in house uh, at uh, 106.7 The Fan. I'm alone. Uh, I don't really have real friends. I have, like, social people that, like, we can sort of talk to, but it's basically me alone in the dark watching all the dork stuff. Uh, there are a couple of things. It's, it's fantastic television, first of all. The, Tom Hiddleston is so good in that role. The ending, and I don't want to spoil it for you or your listeners if you haven't gotten there, yeah. it frustrated me just a little bit. It's one of those things where um, that I don't like the comic book movies or shows or TV things kind of do, where they're sort of inconsistent about the powers of the person in question, right? So, like, he just sort of (laughs) loki's stuff. And you're like, I'm not really sure what he did. Like, he turned some things green. Like, is that good? (laughs) So that frustrated me a little tiny bit without explanation. But overall, again, fantastic television.
3: Yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I think it was a great scene where they were like, we're deciding people's faith like God's. And he goes, "We are gods." It's been it's been are, really good television. All, yeah, yeah. Oh, but there. let's get to Adam Peters here, and I, I heard you guys what were you calling him Dreamy or something like that.
12: Listen, when I challenge you to look in his eyes and not get lost,
3: I challenge
12: <laughs> you to stand face to face with that haircut and that chiseled <laughs> jawline as he's like, you know, doing that his opening press conference he's like hey girl how you doing i'm here to build football teams what's up and i'm like sure date my daughter fine absolutely <laughs> whatever you'd like uh he is a stud He is a star here's the here's the biggest part of this adam and it's not just that they actually have a football executive which i know sounds novel and trite to places around the country but around yeah that's not really something we're used to doing the huge part of this is seven months ago ten months ago a year ago whatever the number one candidate, whether he's good or bad, we have no idea, obviously. You know, we'll see what happens. Proof will be in the pudding over the next coming seasons. But I do know this. Everyone wanted that dude. Everybody yeah. was trying to take, uh, you know, the, the homecoming king to prom, right? Everyone is all about Adam Peters. And he turned everyone else down, swatted them aside, uh, and walked over to, and said, yes, Ashburn, yes, Washington, yes, this situation. We're the cool kids now. We're no longer the, the 700-pound acne-riddled dork. Uh, you know who, who you know, has it hasn't been to a school function ever. We are now the bell of the ball, and he is proof.
3: Yeah, it's so refreshing. I mean, you said it right. Everybody wanted this guy, and we got him to come to Ashburn. It is it's wild. I mean, what were your biggest takeaways from his press conference? I think the thing that sticks out to most, the most to me, was when he was talking about the next head coach. It wasn't offensive or defensive. It was leader of men.
12: No, I, I, that, that was a, that was certainly a takeaway, and it's just it's also probably reflective of the candidate pool this year. To be honest with you, there's, there's only a couple real high level offensive minds that are that are getting a ton of interviews, right? I mean, it's it's Slowick it and of course it's, it's Ben Johnson. Uh, I'm actually surprised by that. As a quick side, I thought guys like Brian Callahan, given what happened in Cincinnati, once uh, Joe, you know Joe Burrow went down, and some dude named Browning is out there balling out, throwing for three hundred yards and three tutties every week. And, uh, you know, someone like Shane Waldron that has taken pretty pedestrian quarterbacks over the last couple of seasons. That Seattle pretty competitive. I thought there'd be more of those guys getting looks, but that's just kind of a a quick side note. You know, it's reflected maybe of the Canada pool. Like, I think everybody has agreed that Ben Johnson is the dude. But, you know, if he decides, you know, who knows? I I mean, I'm just making this up. His wife is from Atlanta, so he really wants to go there. Or, you know, he's got a cousin in Charlotte who will show him around and he wants to go work for David Tepper. It wouldn't make any sense, but maybe it could. So you kind of have to cushion the blow in case you don't get the guy that everybody thinks you've got your heart set on. But, yeah, so that was a, that was a takeaway. Second biggest one for me was that cohesive, collaborative, long-term vision from both Harris and, and Adam Peters. Uh, and that, to me, was so essential. And here's what I mean by that. Knowing this number two pick in the draft that's coming up here in a couple of months, essential, huge, enormous, very attractive. It's one of the reasons that they probably Peters was you know, in, into this position. But let's say that player doesn't work. Let's say that quarterback's a Zach Wilson, 2.0. That doesn't mean the whole thing is over, right? What we're trying to do here is execute against a long-term vision, and if you mess up, it's going to be fine. There's no more CYA. There's no more, you know, meandering road where you go, well, that could have worked, but now we're going to, you know, trade three picks for another Carson Wentz that's left over from from some crappy team. This is a we are trying to build something great, sustainable, long-term, Excellent. We're not going to take those quick shortcuts to go 8-8-1 eight, eight, again uh, at a maximum. That, to me, is what I took away from that press conference, and that was refreshing.
3: Danny Rouillet here with us on the BetQL guest hotline. You mentioned Ben Johnson could you know, possibly go to Carolina or something like that. Do you think we actually get our top choice? Because I, I do, because I think coaching candidates are going to look at Washington and say, man, I love the fact that I'm going to have time to develop someone and no pressure in year one.
12: They're going to look at an organization that says a new ownership group that knows what the hell they're doing, a, again, a dramatic departure from previous, uh, the, again, one of the most desired executives in the sport that's now newly in place, tons of resources, salary cap space to go out and maybe help build something maybe in a hurry, uh, and then a lot of draft capital as well, as you mentioned. That's appealing. Here's my sneaky little tinfoil hat that I really haven't shared that much with people. I'm just going to share it with you right now. Uh, I think it's already done. I have a, my sneaky little teeny tiny, I don't want to call it a conspiracy theory, but I think they know. I think I think the agents have talked. I think everybody's on the same page. They're just waiting for the right timing until you're allowed to do it. They're going through the exercise. I think they know that it's Ben Johnson. I think it's all but locked in. It's just requiring a little teeny tiny signature at the bottom of a page. Maybe a couple initials. I don't know how the contracts work, but I'm thinking it's already happened, and we're going to announce it in, in due course. I have no proof of that. I'm not basing it on anything other than my gut. But it's we're on this this great, unbelievable ride here in the off season. Not like old Redskins off seasons of the past, where it was some new dumb toy or some new white knight riding in. This is a real sea change here, and that's my my sneaky suspicion.
3: No, uh, Danny. Great minds think alike, man. I agree. I think he's the guy. I think they've already talked and figured that out. You know, inside uh, the advisory board. And I'm also the crazy one though that predicted a Bucs win, and then we'll end up hiring him, and I'll be talking about Ben Johnson as the head coach by next Saturday. I really think it's going to happen this week.
12: Well, aren't they matching up with the Giants in the postseason? I'm kidding, of course, <laughs> to bring that up because that was your worst call ever. I love you so much. No, listen, Tampa's frisky, by the way, just as a quick side. Like, every, like they are not – there's nothing sexy about them, and I've always felt like Todd Bowles has gotten a bum rap. Uh, as, as a coach, I remember he took the, the, that dysfunctional Jets team years ago to an 11-win season. They're going to blitz the bejesus out, out of Jared Goff, the walking, praying mantis. And we're going to see how they hold up against that. I, I think Ben Johnson's really, really good. There, to me, there have been two great offensive minds in Jared Goff's career, one Sean McVay, and then the other, of course, is Ben Johnson. And they figured out what he does well, but more importantly, the things that he can't do, and they try to avoid those things at all costs. But eventually, it's third and eight. Right At some point, you're going to have to make a play that's a little bit off schedule. And he does that the way I resist carps. It's not very good, uh, <laughs> and I think that's essentially going to be their potential on doing whatever it is they do lose. I think that building's going to be too electric. I think Detroit's going to, going to win this game. But it wouldn't surprise me at all if Tampa hangs around, Ken and Crow style.
3: Yes, you, you reminded everyone I picked the 6-11 and 11 Giants to win oh, the NFC East this year. Hey, hey but Danny, of let me – the bad
12: calls I had, Adam. Come on. Let me throw... I, 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 I joke because it's funny.
3: Well, let me throw a few stats your way, all right? 62 receptions, 613 yards, four touchdowns. For a wide receiver you didn't want in Washington by the name of Curtis Samuel.
12: (laughs) You were right. You were right there. Now, here's – again, I love, by the way, being accountable for who's right and who's wrong. Here's where I was the most wrong. And this wasn't necessarily about Curtis Samuel. It was really about – I thought Jahan Dotson was going to emerge. I yeah. thought Dotson was poised for a breakout season where he would lead the team in, in receptions. I thought McLaurin would still lead the league in yards lead, – not lead the league, goodness, but lead the team in yards. And that, to me, was, was more about uh, uh, Dotson's ascension and then Samuel having a lesser role because of that than it was Curtis Samuel having a nice year. But that's the answer. Samuel had a nice year. And it had, had it been supplemented by, by Dotson's breakout, this offense would have been infinitely better – it wasn't. It didn't happen, of course. But, uh, but, but Samuel, that's not what they brought him over here to do, to be a wide receiver three, to be a gadget guy, a slot guy. They thought they had kind of his own career arc on the way up, kind of like the, uh, the, the team did years ago, grabbing Pierre Garcon, who was a wide receiver three. And in Indy made him a wide receiver one here, and he was outstanding. I mean, we all remember the story. Yeah. They thought they had a nice compliment to Terry McLaurin. A little bit of gadget stuff, obviously, inside-outside, being able to run the ball. But they thought he was going to be, you know, a 900 to 1,000-yard wide receiver, too, that never happened. But he had a nice season this year. He certainly did.
3: Ben Johnson, so he's your guy, he's my guy, and do we pair him with, you know, a quarterback that best fits him, or do you want, you know, Caleb Williams, the number one prospect?
12: That's a great question. I mean, to me, this is a – when you've got a real good one of these, talking about a Ben Johnson or an offensive mind, I think they can figure out, what that player does best. You just take the highest ceiling guy, whatever that means to you, right? If it's, I mean, listen, Caleb Williams, you know, 72 and sunny dropping back, make up throws from the pocket. I think he can do that at an NFL level. I know that sounds very novel to say, but the highlights that you see of him are what's otherworldly, right? That's the first four receivers aren't open. So now I'm scrambling around. I've dodged 17 different dudes. Somebody's thrown a wrench at me. I've like broken that tackle. I'm flinging it sidearm back across my body, 50 yards. They hit the tight end, who was originally blocking, in stride. It's very Mahomesian. That's the kind of stuff that I love so much, and, and, and I think a lot of GMs do too, knowing that that's how games are won and lost. That, you know, a playoff game is going to come down to a fourth and 13 sometimes, right? You're going to have to do some of those special things to be able to move the ball. And, and the league now is set up that almost you know, 25, 30 quarterbacks in any given week can you know, get to the top of their drop, tap the football once, and make their first read. You could do that an awful lot in this league, and it's set up for a lot of guys to be okay in that regard. It's that next level, you know, making plays when there's nothing there stuff that a lot of folks love. So, to me, you could say Ben Johnson would find that guy and go, okay, I could do all sorts of special things with him. Watch this. I guarantee you there's six or seven quarterbacks uh, in in this year's draft where he could craft an offense around. I mean, think back to Kyle Shanahan when they were here with Robert Griffin. They had not – nobody had seen that 50 series. Nobody had seen that pistol, that read option, some of that stuff that – they ended up implementing, uh, people weren't really doing that. They figured out what was best for that guy. That's not what they're running with Brock Purdy for the most part out there in San Francisco. But I think really good offensive minds are more than willing to adapt to what their players do the best and also avoid putting them in bad spots.
3: Danny, great stuff, man. Really appreciate you taking the time. That's Danny Ruier Follow him on social media, at Funny Danny. And, of course, check out Grant and Danny Monday through Friday. Thanks a lot, dude.
12: Always a pleasure, man. Have a good
3: one. Yep, you're listening to AWOD on the fan. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on The Fan. Told you guys it's going to be a fun offseason. A lot of excitement for the commanders. First stop was to get a GM. Next, head coach. I'm predicting that'll be this week. And then, with the number two overall pick in the NFL draft, I expect Washington to take a new franchise quarterback. And we'll be looking at next season with True new ownership, right? Because last year the thing was is they couldn't really make moves because by the time they fully took over, it was past free agency. So we're looking at a new ownership with a ton of money to spend in free agency, a new head coach, a new GM, a new quarterback. What's not to be excited for if you're a Commanders fan? For years I've said that they didn't do enough to get me excited. They never did enough to get me excited because I always felt like it was another six and— Ten season coming or six and eleven, right? But for the first time in my lifetime, it feels like the dark clouds over Ashburn are starting to leave, and I can see through the fog. It's clear that Josh Harris has a vision, and we have to trust this process. And I believe in it. And soon we will be a contender once again. And It's not going to take four years like Ron Rivera promised us. Oh, in four years, we're going to build this roster up. Well, in in fact, I would say that the roster was more talented before Ron Rivera even got here. We have some clips from Ron Rivera from this week uh, sitting down with John Kime. Max, I'm going to make the executive decision here. Do not play it. Delete the audio. I don't want to ever hear from Ron Rivera again. I played the clips on my show in Richmond this week. It just pissed me off. It got my blood boiling. Oh, I shouldn't have put this much pressure on Sam. Oh, I should have done this differently. You know, shut up, Ron. And he's talking about, oh, he's got all these opportunities to be a defensive coordinator in the NFL. I don't believe it. I'm calling him a lying liar. I don't think he's going to get hired. So I don't want to talk Ron Rivera. Max, I know you wanted to play the clips. Just promise me you will delete them off of that computer. I cannot hear them on my show. Can't I happen. promise. All right. Good. Let's go back to the phone lines. 1-800-636-1067. Let's go to Travis in Silver Spring. What's up, Travis? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, man. What'd you want to call in about today? Well,
2: I, I agree with you. I like Ben Johnson and I like Bobby Slowick. So either one I'm happy with. I'm glad they finally got Dan Snyder out of Washington. Yep. Um, The only thing like I think they hit on the general manager. I think he was the best general manager available, and you know, probably for a couple of years. The only thing is, I just want to see how they do with the draft because I like Drake May. I think he's a good pick, but I think either Caleb Williams or Jaden Daniels will fit either Bobby Slowick or Ben Johnson's system better, probably than Drake May.
3: Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. I, I'm all in on Caleb Williams. That's my guy. I think he's the top prospect. This year and going back the last three or four years, I just think, you know, he's the home run. He's going to be a pro bowler. Uh, But what's interesting, you mentioned Adam Peters, and we got the right guy. I feel like, you know, the fate of this franchise is less about the number two overall pick and more about what they do with the five picks in the first 100, right? Because we've got to hit on all five of those. Yeah, we
2: do. Yeah, especially on the offensive line, too. We definitely need help there and on the defense. But I think if with with because five picks and a free agency, they should be able to hit on everything that they need.
3: Yeah, hopefully. I mean, it's all about trusting your scouting department. And that's the other interesting thing is, is Adam Peters going to go with his scouting from San Francisco, or is he going to trust the guys that we had here in Washington? Uh, it, it's it's an unknown, uh, but I'm excited for it. I'm excited for it.
2: Yeah, I am too. I just, like I said, I, I like Caleb Williams. I wouldn't be mad if they drafted him or Jaden Daniels. I just I think they've had, both had better upside than Drake May. I like Drake May, you know he did good at North Carolina, just like how Sam Howe did good at North Carolina. But it's <laughs> like I don't want us to be put in another situation. If we take another quarterback from North Carolina, and it's the same way.
3: Yeah, I, I mean look, Travis, Dave, good call, man. If this was if this was the NBA, I'd say let's draft a guy from North Carolina every day. But this is not Michael yeah, Jordan. This yeah. is not the NBA. You know, let's get the guy nope. from USC. Uh, or something like that. Good call, man. I appreciate it. Let's go to line one. Mitch in Jersey. Mitch, I appreciate you hanging on hold.
9: How you doing, Adam? Thanks for the call. Uh, it's kind of funny. The Atlanta Falkland interview, uh, Bill Belich- Belich- Belichick twice. I mean, really? The best coach in, the best coach in history? I would see the Washington go after. Get Jim Harbrook. If that's possible. And... Caleb is going definitely going to be bears. The, the finally they're going to have a good quarterback. You, you can't pass up him, Caleb. I'd be happy with um, Jaden Daniels. I think it kind of reminds you of uh, Lamar Jackson, who's going to have his second MVP on his belt fight within a month, right?
3: You're right about that, Enjoy Mitch. I, yeah, here's <laughs> the here's he the thing, the Mitch. I, I I wouldn't want Harbaugh too, but I would also say that I'm not sure that Harbaugh matches the vision of Adam Peters. Like, I think they want a coach that's going to be here for 15 years. Harbaugh's never stayed at a place that long, right?
9: Yeah, he gets in trouble.
3: Yeah. I of how long some years ago. I
9: mean, yeah. I
3: don't know what was wrong, but, you
9: know, sitting with I that's you no know, story from another other day. <laughs> um, yeah, have a good one. Enjoy the games.
3: Yeah, Mitch, I appreciate you chiming in. I uh, want to talk about uh, Caleb Williams to Chicago for a second because – I do think that is – that's absolutely going to happen the more I think about it here. Um, There's just – either they're going to trade that pick to somebody else who's going to take Caleb Williams or they're going to take him himself. Let's let's go back to the phone lines here. Uh, Let's go to Mark in Largo. What's up, Mark?
0: Hey, what's up, Adam? How you doing, buddy? I'm good, man. That's good. Look, I I do think um, Ben Johnson's going to be the guy. Um, I think he's probably got the most experience. I think he's well ready, and I think he fits what they're trying to do. And I also think if I'm Washington, I think you stay at number two and you take Jaden Daniels. And the reason why I say that is because, as the last caller said, Lamar Jackson is going to get his second MVP. And as much as people like to talk about Justin Herbert, who from a fantasy, and I've been playing fantasy football for 20 years, one thing I could say is, fantasy football, Justin Herbert is a king. And sometimes Josh Allen is. But as far as the team aspect, you can't deny what Lamar Jackson has done during the regular season. Now, if he has stayed healthy the last two years, I think the Ravens have a totally different outcome. I also think Jaden playing in the SEC, that matters. I think I think when, when people see him in the combine and he sees that he picks up weight, they're going to see a different type of guy, and I think that's going to solidify Adam's choice. And remember now, a lot of people say, well, they'll probably like uh, Drake May because of uh, Brock Purdy. No, they wanted Trey Lance to work. That's what a lot of people fail to realize. They wanted Trey Lance, so they saw something in Trey Lance that would make everything happen for them. Yeah. Um,
3: hey, Mark, we're up I against the say- break here, man. I-, I appreciate you chiming in. Thanks, we we have a hard out here. I love
0: talking to you guys. Yep.
3: Thanks, Mark. I appreciate it. Uh, we are live and local till 11:30. I'm going to break down the NFL games. Appreciate everybody chiming in. You got 30 more minutes of AWD Radio on the Fan. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio here on DC Sports Radio, 106.7 The Fan and always available on the Odyssey app. Download the Odyssey app today for free. And you can hear me in Richmond Monday through Friday from 12 to 3 p.m. Just search 910 The Fan to hear AWOD Radio. You can rewind, pause the show, pick up right where you left off, or check out the podcast, full hour of Best of AWOD Radio available for you on your ride home. Uh, so, today at 4.30 begins the NFL Divisional Round of the Playoffs. Want to go through these games and pick some winners. Of course, I, I love sports gambling. I use FanDuel. You can sign up promo code AWAD Radio. Let's pick these playoff games, Max. And we'll start in the AFC. Want to break down the Texans at the Ravens. That is the 4.30 ESPN-ABC game from M&T Bank Stadium in Baltimore, Maryland. So we'll start with Houston, right? How can Houston pull off the upset? And I had uh, Houston reporter, Texans reporter, excuse me, Jonathan Alexander on my show this week. He said, if the Texans are going to pull off the upset, they got to get an early lead, right? Make Baltimore change their game plan. Baltimore's so good when they're playing with a lead. Um, Obviously, they got to contain Lamar, but a big part of containing Lamar is you can't let one good run turn into two or three, right? And and Washington screwed up with this against Josh Allen earlier this year where he converted three third downs on the first drive, and then after that it was like we lost all gap integrity. And that's what it's going to take for Houston in their rush against Lamar Jackson. He's going to make an amazing play, but you have to always be ready to fight for the next down and don't let that uh, discourage you from rushing the quarterback. And then finally, Dalton Schultz was uh, pointed out to me, Tight ends are game-changers in the playoffs, uh, and uh, a lot of people in Houston believe he has the ability to be that guy for C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans. For Baltimore, you got to start fast. You're at home. They've been waiting for this home playoff game. Get the crowd involved. Have a good pass rush against C.J. Stroud. Don't let him sit back there in the pocket and throw it 60 yards down the field. Offensively, yes, you need Lamar to be accurate, but I think they need to target Zay Flowers, get him into open space, let him use his speed as a game-changer. Max, you making a pick here? You oh, want to go on the record officially?
4: Yeah. So I've been kind of on this all week. Uh, the huge majority of the public is betting on the Texans. I Listen, it's a lot of points, a lot of points in the playoffs. I think this Ravens team might dominate this game. Uh, if the Texans... Get shut down early. I I think it's just going to be over real quick. It'll be quick and painless, or painful if you're a Texans fan.
3: Ravens won this matchup in Week one, 25 to nine. C.J. Stroud was fresh onto the scene, rookie quarterback. He's basically a sophomore now in the second season, in the postseason, uh, which makes me feel like Houston's going to be able to be competitive in this one and keep it close. I'm not touching the spread, but give me Baltimore. I'm picking the Ravens to win because the fan base is so fired up for a home playoff game with Lamar Jackson starting and healthy. They haven't had that for a while. They almost beat Cincinnati last year with Tyler Huntley. To me, Lamar's been on a mission this season. In my mind, he's trying to prove that he's more than a regular season quarterback. He's in MVP MVP form right now. He's going to be too tough. Chiefs at Bills. Now, I had uh, Bills reporter Sneaky Joe, Joe DiBiase, on the show this week. The Bills love, they love that this game is finally at home. Right? They've had all these epic battles against Kansas City. Everybody knows about 13 seconds, too much time on the clock for Patrick Mahomes. They win and uh, advance to the AFC Championship game. But this game is finally at home in Buffalo, and uh, they believe they've got the defense to stop Kansas City. Uh, they really do believe in their defensive side of the ball this season. And then finally, finally, they have balance on offense. right? And uh, he talked about James Cook's ability to run is a different type of running back than Isaiah Pacheco. And, and man, James Cook can kind of – take his time, he's a slower-type running back, and then all of a sudden he bursts and hits a hole, and he's like, wow, he's running uh, faster than anybody on the field. He kind of takes his time, picks his holes, and then can burst through it. And, uh, man, that's a good mixture. They have that with the play-action passing from Josh Allen. I-, I do think if the Bills win this game, they need a good game from Stefan Diggs. Big-game Diggs uh, will need to step up. And probably against Kansas City to win this game, even though it's in Buffalo, They'll need to win the turnover battle. For Kansas City, I look at this and I say, man, Travis Kelsey hasn't been at his best. Dropped a few passes, but he's a big game playmaker. I expect him to step up in a big way. Isaiah Pacheco has been awesome, but my ax factor is Rasheed Rice. Uh, He's been, uh, you know, what Kansas City was hoping, uh, I think, Kadarius Toney was going to be or Marquise Valdez-Scantling as a guy that can be explosive for the Chiefs. Max, who are you in with?
4: I kind of completely agree with the Rasheed Rice thing. The Bills secondary. The Bills are banged up bad, man. And, I, yeah, I think they take advantage. Uh, the Chiefs take advantage of the Bills' injuries. I think Rasheed Rice has a game. I think Travis Kelsey probably scores a touchdown. But my heart just it keeps telling me something about the Bills. This might be the Bills' year.
3: Wow. All right. I mean, look, I said at the beginning of the year this was the Bills' year. Their window of opportunity to make it to the Super Bowl and win one, I think – Closes this year. like yeah. I, You know, I don't think they're going to be able to keep that roster together, especially if they have another heartbreaking loss. And, uh, you know, this is a Bills team that lost its way in the middle of the year, you know, three losses in four games, but then they got hot at the right time. And that's what you need to do is peak at the right time. That regular season win at the end of the year was so clutch to beat Miami, to win the division, to get this game at home. But I'm going with the upset. If you're giving me three points, I'm taking the three points. Give me Kansas City to win this game and get back to the AFC title game because that's all that Andy Reid does. Let's move over to the NFC here as we're picking winners with the NFL Divisional Round. Uh, We've got two games today, two games tomorrow. Before we get to the NFC, let let me say this, Max. I think the NFL was blessed by that snowstorm. Because the impact of it was you got two games Saturday, two games Sunday, two games Monday, holiday, Martin Luther King Day. I think that was the perfect super wild card weekend. I would take 2-2-2 two, two, and two over 2-3-1 two, all day, every day.
4: Yeah, it kind of conditioned us to to be ready for this weekend. And I think it's going it, to. Right. We're all prepared now. We're all in that schedule. I think Goodell might have had this plan from a week's out.
3: <laughs> it, it certainly worked out. And uh, uh, before we move on from the Bills, though, I, I do want to mention uh, that Sneaky Joe, Joe DiBiase, who covers the Bills on my show, could not confirm or deny the reports that Bills fans have been jumping into the pit. Did you hear about this, Max? So six weeks ago, somebody fell in. They were rushed to the emergency room. I think they broke their leg. The Bills won the game. Now there have been rumors that every game since then, they're sacrificing a fan, a member of Bills Mafia, who is diving into the pit on purpose, breaking their arm or leg, going to the emergency room, but they don't care because the Bills have been winning. It's led to this five, uh, now six-game win streak.
4: (laughs) Now that's the mark of a good sports town right there. That's a fan base that will sell out everything for a championship.
3: Yeah, and I and I heard the story, and I was like, you know what, I would do the same thing. Yeah. If Washington was going to win, mm-hmm. and then I was like, you know what, I'm talking, I'm talking, I'm talking trash. There's no way that I would take a broken leg for a Commanders win. I, I love this team, but I couldn't be in a hospital bed for you know for a couple weeks and then walking around on crutches uh, just for my football team. They're lunatics. Well, They're crazy. They're then, Bills mafia, and we love them.
4: Then let me ask you <laughs> this. Would you yeah. rather uh, attempt to break your leg for a commander's playoff win or risk getting a tattoo on your butt that says Lamar is uh, Lamar's
3: butt? Oh, I would not do that either. Yeah. Valdez, you know, you know, puffing his chest out. I, I love the confidence of Valdez and I'm-, I'm there with him. Right. Baltimore's got a home playoff game. They've been probably the best team in, you know, the entire regular season. Lamar's the MVP. They finally got weapons around him in offense. They're going to get Mark Andrews back. It's the perfect storm for Baltimore uh, to win this game. Max, I bet you didn't know this, though. Mm. If the Ravens win the Super Bowl, Valdez is getting in his uh, Valdez vehicle, driving to Richmond, and we're dyeing his hair Odell Beckham blonde. Oh, yes. So that is a reason to root for the Baltimore Ravens to win the Super Bowl.
4: I'll drive him down there myself.
3: Hey, there we go. Good producer instincts. All right, we got one final segment here on the fan. I will break down the Packers, 49ers, and the Bucks Lions. Don't go anywhere. I'll be right back. Welcome back. I'm Adam Epstein. You're listening to AWOD Radio on the fan. I appreciate everybody. making me a part of your Saturday morning routine. If you missed it last segment, I have picked the Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens. I guess the Chiefs is an upset pick, but I do have an upset pick for sure in the NFC. We'll break that down right now. If you want to chime in, it's 1-800-636-1067, or you could tweet us at AWOD Radio at 910. The fan, Packers at Niners. I had Mike Spofford on my show this week. He's the editor for Packers.com, and he was telling me, "This this team is peaking at the right time, and they are playing with house money. Nobody expected them to beat Dallas in Dallas. Nobody even expected them to make the playoffs this year. But then Jordan Love stepped onto the scene and you know he wasn't good for the first half of the season. And then something changed. Something clicked on Thanksgiving. The Turkey Day win against the Lions and Jordan Love has been playing much much better since then. They've got the UVA Product wide receiver Dontavian Wicks, who's been a good wide receiver. And red zone threat, their young tight ends are stepping up. And defensively, they've got a good pass rush and a good secondary. Now, I think it's going to take the Packers winning the turnover battle once again. And they've got to contain Christian McCaffrey. On the San Francisco side of things, it just feels like this is their year. There's no more excuses. Last year, they were the best team in the NFL. Then they lost. They lost. Both of their quarterbacks, right? Now they're healthy, they're hungry, and they just have so much talent. I just, you know, in a big game, in a big moment, in the playoffs, I just think the talent in San Francisco will outweigh the talent in Green Bay. Give me the 49ers, but I don't know about you, Max. I'm not covering that nine-and-a-half point spread. I'm not touching that. I could see the Packers keeping it close. It's too big for me.
4: No, nine-and-a-half a half's way too much, but with the way Jordan Love's been playing, I, he's lights out, man. He's, yeah. he flashes of Aaron Rodgers, the flick of the wrist, he, it's, it leaves me speechless. Like, how can a team do this three times in a row for my entire life and then some? <laughs> uh, I wish, you know, would be nice. But give me the, give me the Niners. Give me the Niners. They're just team of destiny vibes. Defense is really, really good. Yeah. Uh, Packers might be peaking at the right time, but Niners are, look unstoppable.
3: Well, they had a good defensive game plan against Dallas. I don't think you're going to get Joe Barry with a great game plan two weeks in a row. Don't see that happening. Correct. Um also like the head coaching matchup there with Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan against uh, you know, one of his pupils in Matt LaFleur. All right. Bucks at Lions. This is my upset pick of the week. I'm all in on this. I'm so confident in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. All right. Here's why. Baker Mayfield, football savant, took my audience in Richmond back to a story from week one when the Bucks played against the Vikings. Baker went in the locker room at halftime and told all of his teammates, "I know their signals. When they do this, they're doing cover two. When they do this, they're doing cover three. When I make this adjustment, they do that." The Bucs came back and won the game twenty to seventeen, and Baker was lighting it up in the second half. And he would continue to have a really good season, an underrated season that not enough people are talking about. They're they're ju- they're not. And look. Baker Mayfield has been slept on his entire career. He has. And this is a guy that I've really liked. I liked him in college. I felt like it was unfair the way they treated him uh, in Cleveland. A lot of people are like, oh, he's just Johnny Football 2.0. He's a dummy. No, he's not. He's a really smart quarterback with a really good football IQ. And I just point to the incredible touchdown to interception ratio. I mean, I would have loved that in D.C. 28 touchdowns, 10 interceptions. 4,044 yards. I like Baker Mayfield as the quarterback in this matchup against the Lions. Then I point to Todd Bowles, defensive specialist. People aren't talking about that enough. The schemes that he comes up with at Tampa Bay are incredible. And it's the reason this team has had success this season. I mean, we're talking about a team that was first in the NFC South, 9-8. And, and look, I get it, all right? They knocked off Philadelphia 32-9. to nine. Uh, to me, it was, it was uh, a big win because I picked the Eagles. But looking back on it, the Eagles collapsed, and it's not a great win. 32-9. to nine, Jalen Hurts' finger w- was really hurt, and he didn't play well. So it's not the greatest win. But lo- I look back to their regular season, and you're like, man, they had eight losses. They must have had a bunch of bad losses. Well, they lost at Buffalo. They lost at Houston. They lost at Indianapolis. They lost at San Francisco. Those really aren't that many bad losses. Most of those teams are good teams. In fact, I can't really point to any bad losses on this schedule here because the only bad losses were to, like, Atlanta and New Orleans, and that's a divisional game there, right? So uh, I like the I like the schedule. I like the way they play this year. And then the third thing I'm going to point to is, in my mind, this is a Tampa Bay Bucs roster that is a Super Bowl roster, Super Bowl-level talent minus Tom Brady. That's what it is. I mean, they still have Mike Evans. They still have Godwin. They still have Devontae White and Levante David, the linebacker. Antoine Winfield. They have most of the guys that won the Super Bowl. And, oh, yeah, Vita Vea by himself stopped the tush push last year, and he's still on the roster. And he did that last week again. He's a beast. Now for the Lions, you have an explosive offense. You have a strong defense. They're fired up. It feels like this is their moment. They're at home. Who are you going with, Max? You've heard me ranting. I'm, I'm all in on the Bucks. See? Si.
4: I was going to defend the Lions with every last breath, but ah. seeing that picture, I think, what was it? beginning Before last playoff matchup against the Eagles, Baker had, he was throwing a football. He had a big circular tin in his pocket, I guarantee you that was wintergreen long cut. And <laughs> he, yeah, he just, he gives me dog vibes. Like every time, Baker plays great when he has a huge chip on his shoulder. Mm-hmm. And this entire playoffs, it strikes me that Baker has had a chip on his shoulder. So I he could definitely beat the Lions today and I but if I don't see him any going going any further than the uh, NFC Championship game.
3: So you're picking the Bucs. Yeah,
4: I think I might take the Bucks now.
3: I Hey, have I convinced you? Or, I think you or, did. I like that. Now, here's another way. I'm going to I'm going to keep convincing you in the audience. The Lions haven't won two playoff games in a season since 1957. Wow. That's not going to happen. All right. It's just not going to happen. Um in fact, I would argue the Lions were lucky to advance last week. Sean McVay botched it down the stretch. I, he's my favorite coach in the league, uh, so I can get on him when he makes a mistake. They got to the 40-yard line, needing a field goal to take the lead, and screwed it up. They, I, I I cannot believe he messed that end of that game up. He gets 180 yards from Puka Nakua, and you don't win that game? Uh, Lions had a good first half, and then disappeared, right? And the Rams defense is good I think the Bucks defense is better right so I, I just I look back to last week and and I, I really thought the Rams were much better of the team from the second quarter on Detroit had a great start you know that first drive it was like man uh, everyone's you know foaming at their mouth looking at Ben Johnson you know call these unbelievable plays guys are wide open golfs going right down the field and then it just wasn't the same in the second half they started getting a golf. They started bringing them down. They started forcing punts, and in came Matthew Stafford with the comeback. I think if Stafford's you know brain was fully intact there, uh, if he hadn't like gotten knocked out basically, uh, the Rams win that game. I, I just think Lions are lucky to have advanced. The Bucks are playing with house money. They have a Super Bowl roster minus Tom Brady. In comes Baker Mayfield. We're sleeping on his ability to read defenses and adjust throughout the game. Um And Todd Bowles, man, I think that's going to be the X factor right there. Everyone talks about Dan Campbell, leader of men. Everybody wants to run through a wall for him. And Ben Johnson is one of these great offensive minds. Well, you know what wins in the playoffs? You know what wins championships? Max, defense wins championships. I'm taking the bucks. I'm locking it in. I'm running to the bank. I'm putting all my money on it. Give me the bucks to defeat the Detroit Lions. That's my upset pick of the week. That's going to be Sunday at 3 p.m. Lock it in. I love it. Yeah, absolutely. Any other NFL stories we wanted to get to here? I mean, I heard people making jokes about Bill Belichick. The Falcons have a two-interview-to-none lead on anybody else trying to get Bill Belichick. How are they going to you know, bungle this? How are they going to botch it? He's going to go somewhere else. <laughs> and, and, and Belichick in, in Atlanta just – it feels weird to me. It's a, it looks weird. It feels weird. Uh, but it might be the good situation for him because I think all he wants is a couple, you know, nine and eight seasons, break Don Shula's record, and retire. I, I don't really know that Belichick is all in it for another Lombardi. I think he's got enough, uh, enough rings. I think he's really just chasing. Um, he, he just wants to be the greatest coach of all time. I think that's what he cares about most right now. Appreciate everybody listening to the show. It's always fun doing a live show here. In the nation's capital, I'm Adam Epstein. You've been listening to AWOD Radio on The Fan. Once again, if if you're enjoying the show, please support me during the week. It's easy. Download the Odyssey app. Search 910 The Fan. I I have seen an uptick in callers from the Northern Virginia area, which is always fun. Every day at 1 p.m., I talk commanders. We'll be following the head coaching search. We'll be following the NFL draft. Got a hit on four of the first five draft picks. I think that's so important for Washington moving on next season. I said I was going to get to the Wizards. Uh, you know, Harris, about this. I will start talking Washington Wizards when they get to double digit wins. I'm Adam Epstein. Thanks for listening to the show. See you guys next.
7: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.